You're listening to the 515 Podcast, led by Pastor John Wayne McMahon with Kingwood United Methodist Church in Kingwood, Texas. Thanks for downloading. Hi there, this is episode 44 of the 515 Podcast. Uh, I am here, Jason Priestmeyer, with John Wayne McMahon, who is um, looking like he's very happy today. He's about, to, <laughs> he's about to make me bust out, so I can't actually make eye contact. I thought you were going to tell the world how I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I almost did. Okay. John is doing great today. Yeah. <laughs> he brought uh, John. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm very good. Thank good. you. Good to hear. Excited that. to be here. I'm glad. Um, John brought a guest with us today, so you know what that means. John, tell us who's here with us today. That means Jason doesn't have to talk very much. Is that yes. what that means? That's right. I don't want to say it. <laughs> so I brought Zach Emerson, uh, and he's going to help us out a little bit today. Zach, say hi to the world. Hey, world. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. So. Um, this is, we're in week four, I wrote that down, of the Make Ready Sermon Series, which is our Lenten series, um, where we're going um, through the uproom discourse. Mm-hmm. That's my vocabulary word. If I check it off the list, I get yeah. bonus points. <laughs> don't sound like you're reading it. <laughs> I don't use the word discourse a lot okay. in my day-to-day <laughs> conversation. Work it into a sentence. I'm going to try. Okay. I will. I'll report back. Okay. Um, what I know about this series, and John, I'm going to let you elaborate here shortly, sure. um, that we're going through uh, John 15, which I recall as being the um, really awesome s- scripture that talks about Jesus being the vine mm-hmm. and we're the branches, right? Yeah. It must stop me if I mess up. No, that's fine. That's what we did this past week. In the whole series, we've been looking at Jesus' teachings at kind of near the end. Yeah. Uh, so just a quick overview, if you haven't been tracking with us. The Upper Room Discourse, we think, is, or, or scholars would point towards John 13 through John 17, which possibly in in the, this gospel happened throughout the week, but it's presented like it happened in one setting right. with, with some hints that it probably didn't, um, some weird breaks in the text and in between teachings of Jesus. But the author of John's gospel is going to present it like it is kind of like one main teaching and so um that's kind of what's happening but what's important is this is the final teachings of jesus the author of the gospel is presenting it that way is the last things uh to to hear from jesus teaching before he goes towards that final sacrifice uh important because yes jesus is sharing it but also because the author of the gospel is presenting it that way and he's going to be speaking right into their place of desperation and loneliness and fear of abandonment and and worry about what's to come. You see panic all in the disciples. We can read over this and miss it, um, but Jesus is like saying some very like for Jesus basic, clear things. Some not, but mm-hmm. some it, they, that he is, and they are completely missing it. They're like, wait a minute, you're leaving? Like, how could you be leaving? <laughs> yeah. Like, let's go back to that detail. And so that's kind of what's happening. And so Jesus is loving them by modeling love, by encouraging them, by promising the Holy Spirit. This Trinitarian kind of theology comes out. Jesus understanding that the Spirit's coming, that he is he and the Father are one, and that he is in the Father, and the Father is in him, and that we can be in the Father. All of that theology begins to be developed. Um, this is where we get our highest Christology, which is the highest, or I guess more 
detailed understanding of Jesus as deity, as being a part of the Trinitarian, mm-hmm. okay. the Trinitarian God, um, because the other Gospels don't develop as a, de- develop it as much as, as the author of John's Gospel does. So that's really cool. That kind of helps us a little bit more. Um, it misses what the other three uh, don't cover because John's Gospel is written much later. And so it's in response to some gaps that were probably left out. Um, so we get to see some of that. Um, and then, of course, as you alluded to this week is really, and, and I don't know how much I cover this Sunday, but John 15 is really the height of John 13 through 17. And so it's kind of ramping up and in and, and the middle of it is John 15 and what is before it and what is after it really brings context to what it means for Jesus to be the vine and we to be the branches like if you miss anything, if you miss everything else in this yeah. series, this is the one that it's really important. Like look at John 15 because it's it is a repetition of what we've covered. It is really nailing home that we should remain in Him and Him in us. That we can't do anything apart from Him, and yet He is the true vine, and He's going to do work through us and produce fruit through us. And so that's kind of where we were at. Yeah, bit, you yeah. had that graphic earlier on in the series. I guess right. we should have popped that back up there again because that yeah. kind of would have helped illustrate that. Yeah, we may bring it point. back the next. That's couple a good weeks. idea. Yeah. I'll yeah. make a note. Yeah, make a note. Cool. There you go. Production work right now. So um, one of the interesting things we talked about uh, Sunday. And you, uh, if you were in the vine or the sanctuary, you might have seen myself or Chris. So Chris and I were in both places this week, and so um, I haven't, I haven't actually listened to what Chris uh, shared. Excuse me, but I know that we we approach things similar, but also a little differently. I know one of the things that I tried to drive home was some contextual background that Jesus being the vine, saying I'm the true vine, mm-hmm. that's actually something that um, is touching on uh, an idea that the first century Jew would understand well. And so um, to be called the vine uh, is not new to Israel. So all throughout the Old Testament, you can look at, I gave examples from Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah. There's Uh, examples in the Psalms, like all over the place where Israel is called the vine or the vineyard or something like that. Um, However, every time Israel is referred in this way, it is negative. At least from what I could tell, it is always negative saying uh, Israel as the vine Mm -hmm. is not producing the fruit it was supposed to. So it is not, it is not being fruitful mouthpieces of God witnessing to the nations. It's not um, holding truth to the covenantal relationship. And so for Jesus to say, I am the vine, what he is doing is he's replacing Israel. Where Israel fell short, Jesus saying, I'm going to I'm gonna fulfill what mm-hmm. uh, you were supposed to. So this is kind of a, a ground-shaking statement for Jesus to the first century Jews. They would hear this, and, and there would be a whole lot of context that would come together here. And so John's gospel, and this makes sense because John's gospel uses something called the replacement motif, okay. the theme of replacement. So Jesus becomes the true Passover. He becomes Mm. the true um, uh, uh, sacrificial lamb. He becomes the Moses that leads his people out of uh, uh, slavery. He becomes... Um, the temple, uh, because he becomes the where God dwells fully. All of these are replacement themes, and and then this is another one that that adds to that. So that's kind of an overview. I wonder if that would have you said you know kind of that would have kind of shook them at their core to hear that reference to the vine. It, I wonder if they would have taken offense to it at first, 
and you know kind of that's why he would have to explain i mean he was going to explain deeper anyway but but how might they have well statements like this that? are going to get jesus killed so oh so, good point okay so but, for him to say say spoiler i haven't finished reading the book so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of a qualifier for being on this podcast you should probably read ahead well i noticed i noticed earlier um you two guys were really nerding out about the bible yeah and you were using like vocabulary i've never even heard yeah, of yeah, and yeah. i think you might have been talking greek at one point yeah i, I don't have audio he of turned into an old man before all of us i just <laughs> like put this down like okay i'm that's exactly why i'm sitting back on this episode <laughs> But anyway. No, so uh, you're right. So this is what gets him killed. But I mean, I kind of say that tongue in cheek. But also um, the readers of this, both believer and non-believer, this is going to be something that at least fleshes out their understanding of how Jesus is the promise of the Old Testament. So, right, like that's going to be further Mm -hmm. developed by this statement. Or if if it's more than that, probably a a first-time kind of understanding for non-believers. If John's gospel is written for Gentiles in Ephesus that are Mm non-believers, this is going to be an understanding. But definitely the Jews hearing this are going to understand that context. Cool. And if anything, it's, it's again, it's a farming agriculture or... Like it's going right. to, anyone can relate to it in, in this uh, first century, uh, whether they're Jew or not. Mm-hmm. But this is really, um, it is the farming thing and it's more than that to the to the Jew and the answer of the Old Testament. Yeah. So anyways, we looked at those things. Let me cover a couple more things and then I want to get Zach into the conversation. So uh, the, the, the kind of like um, uh, big twist in all of this is that Jesus becomes what we could not or what Israel could not. And Jesus is the true vine. So where we fall short and Israel falls short, Jesus will not. What is the twist is that he still is going to choose to use us to produce fruit. That he's going to use us to witness to the nations and and to um, to bring his kingdom here on earth through us. Like that sounds like a pretty bad strategy. Like because I I I jack things up from day to day, and yet Jesus has said he's going to use me and to produce fruit through yeah, me. Right. Uh, so that's the cool thing that happens. So then then the question is, how does that happen? Well, he gives two answers in the text. One, he says, because he is the vine. And what we understand by that is that the branches connected to the vine, the vine pushes life into the branches. Right. Branches don't just get to do whatever they want to do or sap the like excuse me, suck the sap out of the vine mm-hmm. or take the nutrients that they want. They are given the nutrients from the vine. And so what we have when we're attached to Jesus is Jesus's lifeblood flowing through us and producing fruit around us. The second thing is God is the gardener in this story. God is going to prune back parts of us that are not helpful. He's going to remove some of the, 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 um, obstacles of faith, some of the distractions, some of the friendships, some of the life situations that we're in. He's going to work through difficulty so that we might produce even more fruit. And so that's what what takes place through all that. And so that's kind of how I was wanting to get home. And then the next piece of that is, okay, if I remain in Jesus and Jesus remains in me, how do we continue on? How do we do that practically in our life? Good question. Make sense? Yes. And that's why Zach's here. So take it away, Zach. No, we. So the reason why I invited Zach is because one of the things I'm first. 
the Holy Spirit is how we do that. Okay, the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. keeps us connected. The Trinitarian understanding that God uh, gave the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. God has also gifted the Spirit to be with us always, to witness to my heart, to my soul, that I am a son of God and that I belong to him and he belongs to me and to help guide me so that I may know what is right and what is wrong. I may know what is fruitful. I may know what is good and be a part of all that. So we understand that. Well, how do we do that practically? And I think the answer is, is in community. And one of the cool things that's been going on at KUMC are more to life groups, mm-hmm. these small groups where we've intentionally tried to create community where folks are remaining in Jesus throughout the week. So Zach, tell us a little bit about what more to life groups um, have looked like and how they're different from normal normal groups or groups that kind of existed in the church in other ways. What makes these different? <clears throat> so more to life groups are... Um, more um, intentional and um, have more depth to them if we're being real here Uh, a lot of the times on Sunday uh, Sunday school classes we'll meet and we'll talk about curriculum or we'll kind of just go through the motions of things you know you show up it's almost like getting your ticket punched and moving on throughout the week Uh, but with more to life groups um, there's a um, devotion to it that goes a little bit deeper um, throughout our weeks because we're being held accountable with other people um, and community that we've learned to grow and love and walk through life with. And so um, I know for me that I, I've been a part of countless uh, Sunday school classes or even curriculum driven classes um, that kind of just you you like learn material and it lasts probably two months and then after that you look at the book and you're like oh well that was cool when I did it but I'm kind of done now yeah um mm-hmm. but I can look back at some of the groups I've been a part of that look like more to life groups and I can say oh man that has really changed me um in some of the biggest ways because of what God was doing in that group yeah um so I think there's just a big difference there relationally between the people you're with um and even with God so yeah and one of the key things I think and and the reason why this I think for the listener, um, the three of us have been very involved in these groups, and so we've been truly changed by them. And so if you ever want to know more information, let me just say up front, you can find any one of us and come ask us questions about this. But one of the things that I I want you to hear, if you're in a Sunday school, man, don't don't throw that out. Like, Sunday schools are good, and we still need to put ourselves in a place, um, not saying you're, you're going there, but... But we need to put ourselves in a place where we have right belief and where we're learning good things. However, I think that we can fill our lives with listening to experts and having people tell us what the Christian life is like. And we get so inoculated that we miss the opportunity to truly live it out from yep. week to week. Yep. And so the mortal life groups are, are intentional settings where we are showing groups, groups of people what an accountability, loving, encouraging group actually looks like. And it's not revolutionary, right? Yeah. Yeah. Guys, it's like it's like we get together and it, it all just kind of makes sense. Exactly. But until we do it and model it, uh, we don't really know what it's like and what it looks like. So, Jason, say a little bit about your experience and how that's kind of changed you from where you were before of these kind of communities and, and where you are now. Like, how did you make that shift? Yeah. Well, let me give you my discourse. Yeah. Okay. Your discourse. <laughs> Boom. You worked it in, in the podcast. I was, yeah, I was going to like, if I would <laughs> This forget. isn't your upper room final discourse, is it? <laughs> I hope not. No, it's not. Okay. Yeah. Forget that. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, I've, I've grown up at, you know, doing Sunday school, uh, mostly as a kid and a, 
young, you know, as a teen, not so much even really in the young adult adult, adult stage or duck. Um, <laughs> Zach, edit that out later. It looks like a duck. It looks Sounds like, like a duck. A duck. Um, but I get. I'm going to throw this back at you and ask a question okay. in a sec. Um, because when I started in with this kind of the small group, this uh, uh, which is more transformational than informational. Yeah. Um, that made no sense to me. I was like, I don't. I'm not following you. You know. Yeah, they're kind of buzzwords. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm aware of that. And, and, Especially transformation. And I want to go in a sec and and kind of give the listener an example of what's how's this different from Sunday school? Yeah. And I want to hear yeah. your professional opinion. I'll okay. give mine first. I don't, sure. No, please. I don't know. Um, I don't it, say professional. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, we have a pa- piece of paperwork that says uh, yeah, you're yeah, pro. Sure, I'm not. Maybe. Um, it, what, I, what I've been struck by is how quickly uh, this gr- uh, a couple of the groups that I've, I've been in three or f- I've lost count. So not as many as Zach. I know he's been doing this longer. Uh, how quickly we all came together mm. and really formed really strong relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say deep because you, in a lot of cases, these are people that we've only known for some, for a little while, or we know them because we see them on Sundays, you know? Um, but they grew into something much bigger mm-hmm. and it became, we didn't have a book and, and I want you to talk on this as well. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a book that we were handed on in the every single week that says okay here's what you're going to talk about today mm-hmm. um, and then study this for next week it's really a list of kind of just thought-provoking kind of guiding questions mm-hmm. that um, guide the conversation into how you're doing how things are going in in these areas of your life um, and I've noticed that conversations just really blossomed around that mm-hmm. um, and very quickly it became deeper than just an elevator conversation of hey how's it going how are you doing yeah. what did you do this weekend um, it became this is something that I'm struggling with or I'm is I find challenging yeah um, and it hasn't been and this is by design it hasn't been a okay well here's how you handle that here's, here's the answer here's mm-hmm. the answer to that problem you know um, I don't know. I mean, I would, as you can tell, I would struggle to say how I would explain this right now in an elevator pitch to someone, you know, in 20 seconds, this is what one of these groups is. But I can say that um, I absolutely would recommend this to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, the groups, I've, like I said, the groups I've been in have immediately and really quickly become deeper, faster, stronger you know relationships with these people definitely so zach before i jump in there what like how would you kind of answer that question like what where do you see the very like um ground floor practical shift in what is traditional uh sunday school informational groups to what's happening in in transformational uh communities like mortal life groups um so I think that first off, I just want to say I wasn't knocking Sunday school oh, on one purpose. No, it, yeah. I, it was just there is a there is a difference. A, there's and a so, subtle shift here. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And so um, I think Sunday schools are great in the idea of gathering and um, learning more information about the Lord and what that means. Mm-hmm. But I think that 
Um, for more to life groups, there is an application, like you said earlier, that really takes place of, okay, this is what I've learned. Now, what do I do with it? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you're meeting with other believers on a, um, for more to life group weekly basis, um, you are, are talking about your week and like what has gone on, you know? And so you can really get to reflect back on, um, how you're living out your faith and, um, it's not just by yourself, but it's with other believers. And so, um, you're within a community of other believers who are walking through life um, and really just kind of getting down to the nitty-gritty of saying like hey how are you like how are you doing like how is it with your soul yeah. um, which at first is like awkward and it's yeah. weird it and, always is yeah. yeah everyone just kind of flinches when you ask that yeah, question like, Ooh, first don't, yeah. Ooh, yeah don't go like, there I gotta tear that wall down first. <laughs> exactly you know and um, so at first it, it's awkward and weird and no one really wants to answer um, but uh, you can definitely see within these groups that um, the spirit really moves quickly in them. Uh, I don't know if like it's because they're meant to be one thing more than the other, but I, I do think that, um, when you're intentional about your, your group like this, that, um, being vulnerable and, um, asking each other these questions really allows you to, um, be transparent with each other. And that, that takes your relationships with one another and really with the Holy spirit in your everyday life farther. Um, if you look back at, um, a week that you've had, like you, you can say, Oh, this is where I've seen God in my life, or yeah, this is where yeah. I have failed God in my life or, yeah. um, whatever. And, uh, you really, you really get to see the, the progression, um, of your own life, uh, played out and it, you're kind of held accountable to it. And that's mm-hmm. not to say that, mm-hmm. um, someone's going to call you out every single week, nothing like that. You're not being interrogated. Um, but it challenges you more, um, each week to, um, to see how the Lord is working in your life. Yeah, I, I like how you said exactly. Um, how did you see God this past week? You mm-hmm. know, um, I find that it not only challenges you being asked that question to to think of a response. Like you know, this is a moment where I really witnessed and and saw the power and the presence of God. But more importantly, I think it causes you in the week ahead to be aware of that and to mm-hmm. actually look out for those and not just try and recall some place where you saw God's presence, but actually to be on aware, aware of it, it yeah. and to maybe notice it whereas you wouldn't have exactly. before. And I think you go from wanting to answer a question and having an answer for that question each week to actually wanting to find your answer, if that makes sense. You're not just yeah, making up exactly. something that happened last week. Right. You're thinking, oh, wow, like this is where God is in my life right now. Like I can't wait to share this with others. Yeah. Um, because I think that our, our hearts change and in, in that the Lord um, makes us desire Him more when we're with a community of believers. Yeah. Um, and because of that, it, it only glorifies the Lord, but also helps us like grow deeper with one another. We keep saying these, mm-hmm. um, these groups are deeper and... Um, I think that's only through the relationships that we build with one another, um, but right. also through the Holy Spirit working in right. this. Yeah, I think I think um, there's a lot I could say about these. Like, and so let yeah. me just work through a couple of things. One, it, what it's doing is trusting in the Trinitarian God to be a part of our community. Yeah. So trusting that um, this is not for us to come together with a self help group and. Whatever problems Jason has, well, I've had something relatable, so let me give you what happened with me, and this is how we can work through it. No, no, no. What it's doing is believing that God is working in Jason's life, and so as he shares 
something with us. We are listening for where the Holy Spirit is leading. And we're not going to give straight up advice, but we're waiting for God to show up and, and show himself in the midst of what uh, Jason's walking through. Mm-hmm. And so yep. um, for those listening, are you in a community that's trusting in the Holy Spirit to actually be a part of community and to change us or prune us so that we might produce more fruit? Um, remaining in God, as we're talking about John 15, that word is abiding. That word is is an ongoing action that it's not like, Jason, remain in your job because remaining in your job would designate you just not losing that job, right? Like you just keep that job. Yeah, right. But remaining in God is this word that kind of talks about going in deeper and deeper and mm-hmm. deeper and deeper ongoing. How do we do that unless we're in community where the Trinitarian God's working with us? Um, the other thing I was going to say is that this is formational. Y'all were talking about this yeah. because not only does it become a way of us thinking about how God's working in our life, but it forms us so that we look for how God's working in the coming week. Um, I talked about in a couple of weeks ago about how um, uh, loving others and loving God takes practice. And as I'm loving God and loving others, God gives me the ability to love God and love others. And so I think that's what happens in these small groups in, in a really um, kind of intentional way. And then let's get really practical. If we were doing a study on John 15, um, the, the expert, the teacher could be Andy Stanley, could be John Wayne or Chris Harrison, could be um, somebody, some Sunday school teacher that's leading something on John 15 and go, um, what, what is he talking about when he talks about um, the vine and the branches? And you give, or what, is it, what does it look like to remain in, in me? Um, and you may give some answers while reading scripture or praying or something like that. And then, then the expert may say, okay, well, in the context here, here, here is some of the other answers, and then we just kind of take that away. In the transformational group, the question is, how are you in the last few days? How have you actually been remaining in God? And your answer may be like, uh, I haven't been. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> been. Yeah. Um, and here's the obstacles to that, and here's kind of where I'm, where I'm struggling. And the group may ask some more questions mm-hmm. about that, and we go into it a little bit further. And then the challenge is, what, what are you going to do differently this week? Or are we are we ever going to get to the point where we actually take our faith seriously to actually do it and live it out? And that's where these mortal life groups really push us to do that. It's nothing revolutionary. Yeah. It's just a very simple but, um, I think, huge shift in how we approach community. And it's teaching us what I think is biblical and what we're supposed to be anyways. Yeah. Uh, but it's something we need because our culture's kind of shifted away from this kind of relationship. And, and may I be so bold to say, guys can't do this anymore. Mm-mm. We're not trained to be able to do this to talk about these things. We got to talk about right. football or Star Wars or whatever. Like yeah. we can't get into like how the love of God's being <laughs> shed abroad in my heart this yeah, week. Yeah. Like that's awkward. And so being formed back into that so that I might grow in in God's power and and presence is is huge. Yeah. And one thing that um, uh, the groups I've been in has really been taking action on is, you, you know, um, spending time with the Word. And I've not done that much my whole life. It's something that's really new to me. Um, but being in this group where it's a priority and we're there for each other and kind of reminding each other of the importance to do that, we've actually started texting. Like we have a group text that goes on. And um, so I, I get a devotional in email and I, you know, I could kind of go through it. 
And I find myself more intentional when I'm reading it and kind of uh, praying about it, that um, what am I getting out of this? And then in turn, I share that with the rest of the group yeah. and they do the same mm-hmm. to, to, yeah. to, to the, as well. Yeah. So I'm actually getting multiple kind of scripture messages coming my way. And sometimes the one I'm reading doesn't really speak to me, but one of theirs will. Yeah. And I just think that that is something that's really kind of transformational. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And John Wayne says this all the time. Life isn't meant to be lived alone, right? right. And, like, that's nothing crazy. But, like, you're saying, like, having a community around mm-hmm. you, um, I think it is just one so vital and necessary to this walk because it's lonely if not. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, like... John Wayne and I have talked about this quite a bit too. Like Jesus didn't walk alone either. He had his twelve disciples, yeah, right? right? And then even closer, he had his, his Peter, James, and John, who were his three closer ones. Um, mm-hmm. So Jesus Himself, God in the flesh, yeah. didn't live alone. He wasn't some monk that went off and did his own thing and came out to preach. He walked this life with other believers and non-believers at that. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's very important. Um, and, and he has the he has the Trinitarian community too, right? Like yeah. in, in John sixteen, <laughs> yeah. which are preaching on this week uh, Jesus indicates that they're all about to leave him like you're all about to flee and go to your homes but don't worry I have the father and so like that's Whoa. that's exactly yeah. what that is yeah. that community that we're talking about sorry I didn't want to no, you're yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I think that that's that's so true and so important so um, let me just t- let me just say that briefly like we could go on and on I've been actually having to start journaling Hmm. all of the amazing God things that are happening in these groups because they're just, they're blowing my mind. Um, I'm talking about people having a vision or a prayer for a group and then another person in the group having the same vision or prayer and then like light bulbs going off as they share and like show each other their journals and and show what God's been revealing to them. I'm talking about um, people stopping what they're doing and laying hands on on somebody and praying yeah. over them for an illness or sickness like yeah. that didn't happen in a lot of our small groups and like and and I'm talking about um, people greeting one another on Sunday morning and giving hugs and asking what's going on because they know each other that hadn't been happening on that level or else we wouldn't yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't be celebrating it like the way we are sure. um, I'm talking about groups growing to the point in as we launch they're almost too full mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because people have been hungry for this kind of uh, community um, and these are all folks that when I first started uh, talking to them about it they were very reticent about what this looked like <laughs> yep. and nervous yes. about it but it turned into something that that they could do and so um, I just we could go on and on about yeah. celebrations of that but I wanted to say that out loud um, and then I wanted to say, uh, Zach, um, tell, tell us a little bit about what the structure or what it looks like for mortal life groups right now. Like, what do we have to offer? Um, and like, what can people look for if they're missing this kind of community? Um, but like, so how do we have this laid out so far and what's going on here in the yeah. future? So um, right now we actually have about, I think, uh, four groups um, that meet throughout the week between Monday and like Thursday, I think, yeah. or maybe Monday and Wednesday, uh, but different times, uh, different locations, um, and even childcare at some of them. And so yeah. uh, those of you who think that, oh, I, I have kids, I can't do this, or it's too late, or it's too early, um, it, we have we have a bunch of different groups that are willing to uh, work with what you have. And um, so we're... Uh, in the process of um, seeing what it looks like to launch it more um, and, yeah. and 
equipping the leaders to do so and then um, yeah, sending them the out. Next so, yeah, yeah and so, the next couple months. So um, there's no shortage of um, leaders or even groups. Um, so if you're interested in this, uh, both John Wayne and I are um, kind of overseeing these groups and um, can yeah. readily make that information available of what that looks like. Um, we're, I mean, we're, I'm, I'm excited about it. I know whenever I came to KUMC, um, I had been in a part of groups like this in the past, and I, I was kind of asking John, like, hey, so where are these groups? And, and he's like, well, I'm working on that right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> and, so, yeah. and it's been so cool because God is just – taken one kind of like guinea pig group and i don't mean that because of the people but we're just trying to fill our way out yeah we didn't want to like do something really big we just wanted to trust trust god and Mm -hmm. and start small and he showed up in big ways that uh you can't say well john wayne did a great job with this or zach did a great job with this (laughs) This is God doing this and, and changing hearts and lives. And so um, just reach out. So I would I would say email me. It's the easiest thing, john.mcmahon at kingwoodumc.org. You can comment on the podcast if you're on the Podbean, anything like just reach out to us, get yeah. information, call Kelly, the office, whatever you need to do. Uh, don't stop. Like don't hesitate. What I talked about Sunday is I just felt like God was putting it on my heart that we've been kicking the can down the road too far, both as a church community, but a ton of individuals that keep saying, what if uh, I'll just wait, I'll just wait until life slows down a little bit. I'll just wait until the kids are done with soccer. I'll just wait until they get out of the house. Um, my Sunday school is is enough right now, and I know there's something more, but um, we'll just wait until this works out. Or I'm afraid of the pruning process, and I don't know if I want to let <laughs> yeah. go of some of those things. Yeah. Or I don't know if I want God to bring more fruit because that scares me. Um, or whatever it is, quit. I just promise quit kicking the can down the road because in this very chapter, Jesus says, I, I pray that you would remain in me so that your joy may be made complete and and that is a bold statement but one that um i believe is possible in jesus and so uh and through these kind of communities so please reach out to us and and let us know how we can help and and get you going great cool that it uh yeah what else do we have this sunday we have one well two more weeks we have two more weeks in this series um we have this this coming sunday and then the next week is Palm Sunday already. That's crazy. Wow. And Easter's right around oh the goodness. corner. Okay. Um, and one last thing I want to say, Zach just got married. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. is it? Yeah. If you don't know Zach Emerson, you should. Zach Emerson just married um, our Shelby Rushing, the assistant youth pastor. Um, and so now she's Shelby, Shelby Emerson. Emerson. Yeah. And so we're excited for you guys. Yeah. To be honest, it's still kind of weird getting used to the name change for her. Because <laughs> yeah. like, I'll be on Facebook. I'm like, who's Shelby Emerson? Yeah. No way. That's my wife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She added me on Instagram the other day, like, at, like with posted uh-huh. uh, tag me on something. I'm like, who is that? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I officiated that wedding. I should know who that is. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, so anyways, we're excited for you. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah, exactly. really yeah thanks that. for having me. All right, well, let's put a bow on it. Well, Let's do it. Um, so, yeah. Did if, I miss anything else? I don't. I was going to say, oh, I had a thought. Yeah. Also, if you can't remember John Wayne's email address or you can't remember podcasts at kingwoodumc.org, which is the other email address, you can also get on our Facebook page, yeah. which there are a lot of people on there. Yeah. And you can send a message to Kingwood United Methodist Church. Yeah. And a human actually receives that. Yeah. And can pass it on to Yeah, John, a real human. John Wayne. I, and I see it too. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, so, so you don't too. have an excuse not to be able to get in touch with us. No. It's all over the place. I can't wait. To, you're about to get Like, if you live in 2018, there are plenty of ways. Multiple you can ways. send a letter in the mail if you need to. Yes, what's our mail? Never mind. It's on the website. 1799. Woodland Hills. Woodland Hills. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. We love you, and we'll see you all next week. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.